We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. people in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood. Oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? Well, they're the people that you meet each day. Today on the People in Your Neighborhood podcast is what we call BBTT, also known as Band Back Together Thursday. And we have regrouped a dynamic band of creative people that have been in my neighborhood for a long time and probably in yours too. I hope you enjoy hearing the band back together today. show we like to get people together get people back together and a long time ago in a galaxy not that far away uh, a band was born would you please welcome twin sister to the people in your neighborhood hello are you guys there yeah yep who's in, who's in the room with us well my name's todd fatal uh of the uh, oregon fatals ah yes uh, I'm Matt Zimmerman of the also Northwest Oregon, Washington Zimmermans. Very nice. And this is, we're coming from, we're, we're speaking in different, different time zones and across international borders. So this is, this is very cool. How long have you guys known each other? Um, high school, I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, we <laughs> both, Todd and I both went to a high school called Portland Christian. And it was like they had a grade school and a high school. We went to the, I think Todd went to the grade school. He's got a whole history, family history with it. But uh, my freshman year, Todd was a senior. And uh, yeah, we, that's, I think that's when I became aware of Todd. But then <laughs> like, I think uh, <laughs> you're loving this. Uh, I think uh, I got to know him a little bit more 
probably like like years later and uh he started like i think he called me and was asking me about music like uh uh you were in seattle i think todd and i think you called me about a sometimes sunday record or something mm. but, uh, oh there's there's a name i haven't there's a name i like uh, again we had we had a we had a radio show called the true groove and sometimes sunday was a big part of our our radio show for sure but before oh, you right. go on before you go on matt um there's something you did not say ryan you should have said there's a name i've not heard in a long time, <laughs> in a long time. Long time. <laughs> and so it begins <laughs> anyway. you're right I, I stand corrected thank you very much so probably- did, was there was there a process where you had to ask todd into your heart when you, when you got together or how did that? I don't know. It was, it was instantaneous. What are you talking about? But, uh, yeah, I've known, I, I, I just, it's been, it's been a long time. I can't, I, we've like our families, like we've like, he had, we had kids around the same time and we went sure. through, yep. yeah, we just had a deep community for a long time. So Todd's been in my life. Families are connected. A long time. And and it sounds like it sounds like you got together musically. The music was was a big part of you, the the thing you shared. Oh yeah. It's it's how nice. it, it's how it started and I think we had I don't know, you chime in here, Todd. It's like uh we have music and I I don't know, it's a lot that's in common actually. Yeah, I mean uh I'm 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 just I'm more interested in hearing your voice, Matt, because I'm I miss you because I haven't I haven't heard I haven't heard from you in a while. Um yeah, I, I you know, P- Portland Christian um was kind of a weird place for people that weren't sort of the run of the mill evangelicals. And so yeah. Matt really stood out to me um because he had like one of these uh crazy skater haircuts. Um <laughs> Okay, yep. And he uh I think I I might have known him earlier than he's remembering because um we uh <clears throat> I right out of high school I decided to uh to do a um uh what do you call him uh yeah a teacher uh, assistant job with my old uh, choir director mm-hmm. okay Bob Barber was his name and he's just a totally <laughs> t- total total dick and. Uh, <laughs> And um, he said, "Here, here, uh, teach the teach the junior high choir." And um, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And and um, right around that same time, I remember, uh, I think it was probably around 1991. And uh, um, I so I was I was I was conducting this junior high choir, and there were posters all over the the school with this ba- a band called Ben. Matt, Tim, and Zip in a band, or something. No, it was it was like I, I don't remember what was the name of it again. Benjamin, Matt, and Tim in a band. That was the name of our band. Yeah, the, all the all, like all all was it all one word? Yeah, it was. I was all our first names, uh, all one word, in a band. <laughs> yeah, and I, it was these great posters. Like so, in like you know, a picture of just yeah, like a absolutely. normal private school, and then all of a sudden, there's just like this punk poster. And I remember the imagery, the imagery be, being really in, compelling, like this, like you know, the screen printed like human head or something. I don't know what it was. What was that picture? It was a picture of John Lennon with the like, the they were like from like I had him on my wall in uh, my room when I was growing up. It was like from like Time Magazine or something, some old ancient psychedelic 
uh, John Lennon picture that I had. Yeah, so it was kind of like, nice. yeah, I mean, so to find that in like a in a hallway. Well, I was going to say, was it a fairly conservative school that you were at? Oh yeah, I mean, it was Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I grew, I grew up at a Christian school in Detroit. Okay. And I, I, I actually had talked to my uh, one of my teachers recently because he got in Paul McCartney's two record, his second solo album. First time I, I knew the Beatles, but I'd never heard Paul McCartney's solo stuff. And Paul McCartney's two at this Christian school might as well have been contraband. No shit. Because it was like we were, yeah, we're sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, "Are we supposed to be?" And he's, he's the teacher playing it for us. We're like, "Yeah, yeah." If he's letting us, if he's letting us play it. Why not? Well, we had we had a couple um, of so teachers he introduced like us that. To that. Yeah, there we had a couple of teachers like that. I mean, one, yeah, one yeah. guy, one guy was our our senior English teacher, Mike Demkowitz, and he, Ooh. I remember listening sitting in his English class, you know, and he played. Uh, synchronicity he played i mean he played like nice he played a ton of different songs and then just to show us like lyrically you know how you know the music works with the lyrics and just and 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 had us like thinking about how poetry informs right you know our lives as you know as as people as high schoolers but also just like really did a good job of creating this safe place for everybody's um yeah wouldn't you say so Matt? yeah. Mike D was. Right. Oh no, the, the I had I had Mike D for his photo class, and it was like I had never taken a photo, and it was ultimately not something I could do technically. But like he introduced Robert Maplethorpe. Oh my god! Fucking, oh wow! Fucking wow! Cool. Yeah, seriously. He was not. He was not on the approved list. I guarantee that. <laughs> he had. He would show us photos at the beginning of every class, and like, and explain why they're why they were well composed you know what i mean it was fucking rich. wow yeah was well, and, and see that's what brought me back and you mentioned it that it was a john lennon john lennon image on the uh poster it's certainly in a christian school that's going to stand out and you know cool punk looking like everything about the the poster you described yeah. again would not have passed the approval list at the school i was at so oh, yeah. i can I, see I, how I, that I, I can see how that got your attention for sure i think that it barely i think that it did barely passed the approval test at my school. I, I <laughs> nice. remember running into lots of con- controversy or hearing about it. And, and it just, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> absolutely. 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 And then at one point, so I Todd, was, you, you were drawn, I was in, you were drawn to that. Yeah. Well that, and, and I was in a band with uh, my girlfriend at the time and, yeah. um, and I was trying to figure out how to do music that was sounding like the music that we, we, both enjoyed and Julie Moons. Yeah, so we started this band called the Julie Moons, and we asked Matt to audition. I guess okay after oh, yeah. I, after I yeah. saw him play in a band that was that was the the I, I mean I don't know if you changed members at all uh, from the original to be to be the Middlemen, but um, they they turned into this band called the Middlemen, and I saw them at this. <laughs> this church like f- f- uh, fun fair kind of thing where there were like, there was like 15 people there oh. and a couple of like weird, like carnival, <laughs> carnival, uh, Barkers. Uh, talking about Vancouver? Yeah, seriously. Vancouver. What's that? It was in Vancouver. Yeah. Tell me, oh. I, I can't remember. I can't remember that. This is way, way too long ago. This church that I went to, like, uh, I don't know, like, yeah. Like started a band in Christian high school and yeah, that was, like I think that might have been like our third show, Todd, or like fourth show or something. But, and this uh, was yeah, this was, was as the Julie Moons. No, no, no. Oh, so no, he, this is uh, a, 
This was the middleman. Oh, the middleman. Talking about that. Right? Yeah, because I I didn't know you really played bass. I had never seen any of your shows, so this was like the first show I'd seen you play. Yeah, we played at uh, at my home church. My like I went to started going to this church in Vancouver like early on in uh, high school, and like somehow they had like a fun fair, <laughs> like. It must have been like a church fundraiser or something. And like, uh, I think it was, I don't know, somehow like someone said, hey, would your band like to play? I'm like, well, let me ask the guys. So like, okay, we can play. So yeah, that was, wound up playing in the parking lot. And I remember it was like also kind of a controversial thing because we played covers, like because we didn't know how to write songs. We were just like mostly like learned how to play other people's songs. Sure. And so we got in trouble for playing like secular songs in this church parking lot. Yeah. Well, and, and I like, think yeah. if I remember right, Ben Abilene, who was the singer, uh, the yeah. middleman, he had a yeah. shirt off uh, while oh. they were playing, they were playing, <laughs> oh, get, yeah. get back, get back. And he's like, so he said, but he's not, he's not just singing it. Get back. Yeah, the yeah, way no. He's screaming it. He's, you know? he's, Jim, oh, yeah. he's Jim Morrison. He's Jim Morrison. Yeah, the was, troubadour. Jim Morrison with yeah. the shirt we off. We performed a controversial version of "Get Back," <laughs> and, uh, which a song is the song is not Dave, controversial at all. And Dave was ever the ever the uh, hellraiser, and he got <laughs> me in so much trouble. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, there's so many phrases in those last couple sentences that don't fly with playing at a church in that during that time frame. Yeah, I know. Taking off your shirt. Certainly not covers of secular uh, songs. And again, I hate the word secular because every time somebody uses it now, I laugh I because nobody uses <laughs> that word anymore. But that's, yeah. that was the word that was big during that time. And if you did that, you crossed the line all over the place yeah. and they were just asking for trouble, which is great. Oh man. So when I Thank saw Matt at that bass. show, I, I found out that he played bass. I was like, Oh, and um, we were, we had been looking for, baseball well we didn't know what we were looking for but i i just thought it might be fun for matt to be a part of what we were doing mm -hmm. um uh my girlfriend at the time and uh what was what was uh cool about it is as I, as I recall we also we went to the local all ages venue together mm. um and um yeah matt introduced me to this place that I had never knew existed in my hometown. He was your gateway to that. Oh, yeah. particular, what, do you remember the name of the place? The X-Ray. Very nice. That sounds awesome. The X, yeah, the, it was, the X-Ray in, in Portland. Yeah. X-Ray cafe. Nice. That's a great. Yeah, name. Legendary, legendary Portland venue. You can look it up. Uh, it's on the YouTube. There's a, there's a movie that someone, a documentary that someone made about it. It's called X-Ray Visions. But look it up. That was the '90s in Portland. This is like the this is like the keep Portland weird shit. Yeah. Well, it cool. it sounds like it sounds like there was a scene at the time as you were starting to come up and starting to realize you could play your own stuff and covers and everything else. Was well, there a, was, was there a scene? It was, it was like the discovery of a scene as as it's happening, right? Or as it's. I mean, it probably had been like morphing all the time. I think that like I was fascinated by it because it was just like, oh, there's this music scene and like there's this history and like there's these bands that do these things. And, like I want to be a part of that. Yeah. So like yeah, I think the X Ray was like kind of my like 
okay, I'm, I'm connecting with, or I'm, I'm getting close to the scene thing. And then also there is just such fucking incredible self expression. Right. right? Like, yeah. Almost like uh, in a, when coming from a Christian school, like it was just, it was dangerous as fuck. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, I, looking yeah. back, it's not, it wasn't that. It was actually looking back. It was actually really nurturing, you know, at, you know, it was just dangerous to me. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had, I mean, my, stepping my out. only concert, my only yeah. concerts that I had gone to at that point, um, I went to Petra mm-hmm. when I was yeah. 12. Right. I went to a smattering of like local, like dorky bands from, you know, that played at my church or whatever. And then I went and saw Michael W. Smith. Right. Uh, with, with this band called Elam Hall that opened for him. From Canada. Band. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely love those yep. guys. Um, mm-hmm. and, th- and then, um, and then I saw Steve Taylor in, uh, at Starry Night. Yeah. Uh, and that was in 88, but literally those Dude, were Steve about Taylor the only concerts I had, I had any context of what, uh, you know, show going could even sure. look like, you know? So when I came to, so when, when it came to the x-ray, it didn't really matter who was playing right. at the x-ray. I was just like, what is this new place that I've just walked yeah. into, you know? And, um, and kid, kids just pool kids just pooling out of this place you know i'm just like this is something i've never been a part of and again it's like my own town and it's it was just kind of like just this amazing awakening for me i, I call it i mean going to that concert with matt um i call it like a second conversion sure yeah because it was definitely yeah. just an hey do you remember uh, do you remember who was playing at that show I absolutely remember who was playing at that show you do take a wild take a wild guess was it Hazel? Nope. Drunk at Abby's. Yes, sir. Oh my God. <laughs> we went to a Drunk at Abby's show together. That was my first show. Oh my it God. Was, it wasn't a Christian show. It was uh it was Drunk at Abby's at X Ray. Wow. And was it just that? What was there another band or was it just that? There might have been. I think I think I've gone I had gone I went to that to the venue so many other times that I think all the, all the shows kind of bleed together. I could have, yeah. I could have been mistaken, but I thought maybe trailer queen might've been on that bill too, but. Okay. Um, Dude, drunk at Abby's man. That was like one of right? the, that was like one of the bands that like, that was like, that was it for me. I was like, yep. I want to play. Music. You know, it's funny. That was, that was my next question. That's hilarious. That you said that my next question was, was there a band or something you saw that you heard that inspired you to say, I can do this, what they're doing up on stage. I can do it too. So you're saying the drunken Abby's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there were so many bands, so many, like, just, it, and it was really tied to that live experience, too. Like, like I, if I was just listening to music, like, on headphones, I don't think that I would have, you know, I don't think I would have approached it the, the same way I do. But, like, going to the live show and watching, like, motherfuckers do Sure, it. tear it up. You know watching them tear it up. I was, like, I was like, oh, man, I could do that. So I don't even know if it was just one. Drunk at Abbey's totally inspired me but there's so many other portland bands are fucking rad like cracker bash hazel fucking quasi like weird yeah. shit like yeah. i don't know it's just it just it's it was an inspiring time i'll just say that i was inspired by it yeah well and also i think the the thing about drunk at abby's when i look back at this and i think about you know how it might have anything to do with what Matt and I are known most for probably right, right. <laughs> as being members of twin sister uh, is hmm. that the way that um, 
J.R. Pella, the singer of Drunken Abbey, Drunken Abbey's, um, sang, was and, and performed. I had, I just had no idea it was possible. I mean, he was right in the faces of the people. The, the stage, you got to understand, the stage was barely a foot off yeah, the right, ground, right down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were right <laughs> crowd there. level. You're you were crowd right level. there with the, with the right. Yes, and and he was just singing in your face, and but he wasn't just singing. He was singing like. Stevie Wonder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was belting it out. He was just belting it out. And, and, and yeah, like, he was straight up soul singing. And I was like, whoa, you can do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, and the, and meanwhile, the band in the back was, was just playing these just like totally amazing, really, really, really hard funk. Right. Riffs, you know, underneath. Yeah. So now I'm starting to, I'm, but it was punk rock. It was like, it was this punk rock funk thing that, that's a, know. that's a wicked combination. You know, it's not a it sounds corny when you say it like that because there's been so many failures with that combination yeah, over the there's years. There's only a handful that can, uh, that can successfully do of, it. Right. Like at risk of joining their numbers. That was, that was inspiring to me. Like it was like, well, okay. Yeah. So that's a definite, that's a definite, uh, uh, foundational element to twin nice. sister. Fucking drunk nice. it out. Yep. I would say just every, every, every part of it, you know, and, 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 you know, leaving that room and realizing, you know, I would love to do that. It was not, it wasn't even like, I, you know, I would, I would have quit Julie Moons and done whatever that was <laughs> if I knew how to do that, you know? Um, but Matt being a very, a very loyal and, and, and very, um, I, I think conscientious, uh, objector, no, conscientious <laughs> uh, person, uh, he, uh, he was still with the middleman, I believe, at the time, and I, I and I remember he turned down being a part of the Julie Moons, um, and so out of loyalty, as as it turned out, as it as it turned out, as it turned out, I ended up asking uh, my brother and teaching him how to play bass, which was yeah. which is his okay. own story. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so, but that's so in a way, I it's I I have Matt to thank for being able to play with my brother in that way. So that was that was cool. Do you remember there was like that uh, that great show that you put on? Uh, Todd had this uh, like this weird place that he lived out way out way past like the, it was like on the east edge of Gresham, which is like if you know the area, it's like it's like Gresham's not Portland, and East Gresham is okay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Other side of the tracks. I mean, like I went to it like. One of the few times that I went there, like my car got stuck in the mud oh, when I was trying to leave. And, and, and like, r- rural on top of it? It was like 10 o'clock at night and I had to call, had to a- call my dad to come and get <laughs> I don't. I didn't remember that. Well, see, like, but, uh, it was, so, like our school was on 122nd. And, my, and, and this house was like 310. <laughs> that, that, if that tells you. That, 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 that gives you us some context, yeah. Where, like, where, where Portland proper is, uh, like you... Like the middle is like, like right around like sixth, and Sec- then, second or third or yeah, right, right, exactly. Anywhere, anywhere west of like that is like there's no more numbers. So that place, it's like so, like where he lived versus where the central like downtown right. Portland is is like three hundred blocks. <laughs> like west. So you're probably not even still getting. You're still probably not even getting yeah, Wi-Fi well, out there now. Now these days. No, no I'm sorry. Not, yeah, not three hundred blocks west. Three hundred blocks east, and yeah. So like yeah, that was so so that was 1994. That was 1994 where where 
I had, I'm I, cool. like, I, we're I, gonna be like, I, this is a primer on Portland. Oh yeah. Uh, geography. Uh, so I, I grew up at the gateway district on 110th. So I'm 110 blocks out from Portland proper. And it was like unincorporated Portland. So it wasn't even a part of the city of Portland or the city of Gresham. It was just kind of like this like <laughs> land in between. It like its own state. Fucking trip. Sorry, I'm, now, now I'm pontificating about Portland geography. Anyway, what we were talking about was Todd had this place out in 300 something. And, 310. Uh, 310. And you were calling it Otisburg. Tell us about <laughs> Otisburg. Oh, okay. Well, so I, so a, a tiny side note to this. I was, uh, so the, the girlfriend that I was dating that went to, that okay. we went to X-Ray, um, I ended up, I ended up getting married and then we moved to Seattle and, and we got divorced in Seattle and I moved back okay. to Portland after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so I moved into, uh, a house and I don't really know how I even found the house because back then I think it was just the classifieds or something. So I found this house that was near the community college out there in Mount Hood Community College. And mm-hmm. um, and I don't even know how I had this idea, but I think that the house was like $1,200 $1, a month. And back then yes, in 1994, is. that was quite a bit of money. And I didn't mm-hmm. have I didn't I didn't have any of it. But um, I had this idea because it was like a four bedroom house to rented out to three of the high, the the, sure. of the college yeah. kids and i would basically Absolutely. pay for my rent <laughs> for oh, man. Yeah. which i did which i did that and 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 so otisburg is i don't you know if, i don't know if you know I about do. the superman oh. movies but the first the first superman movie is otis put his otis put his little the the you know right lex luther's like henchman um well, Wrote well, his, wrote up his, his little up city California on the new, on the well, no, on the yeah, when when the California, you know, coast goes into the water and the new <laughs> the new uh, the new coast is there. Otis Otis writes his name in there. He's like, it's just a little town. It's just a little. It's a little town. He's like Otisburg, and the name stuck. <laughs> yeah. So I had yeah. no idea what I was with the reference. Man, I, I kept in my mind. Years, I'm like, I know I've heard that life. before, but I've never been to Otisburg. Uh, 1978 Superman. Yes, I remember now. Everything's a pop culture reference for me. That's all. That okay, matters. So like, well, see, that so, actually is. It's it's very funny that you say that because it's like that's sort of. I, I mean, for me, that's the only touchstones I had. You know, right. growing up, it was like the Muppets or Sesame Street or you know, so Star Wars. All this stuff was actually for me like a metaphor for just me finding security in that 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 in that joy from that childhood innocence and, and, you know, that fierceness that comes from being able to play your guts out when you're, mm-hmm. you know, when you're that young and you're not having to, you're not, not having to hold your cards close to yourself, you know? And so being an adult for me, was like, you know, sure, terrifying yeah. and it still is honestly. Um, but, but to be able to be coming from a divorce and going back to my town, right. I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh, so I, d- I decided to just try to do shows out, out in the, in this, uh, in this farmhouse on a, an acre uh-huh. and a half of land and 310th and division and to just see what could happen. And my, our first show we did, uh, I invited Matt to come and play it because it was a middlemen <laughs> tribute concert. <laughs> 
this tiny little one. band that right. played like five shows total and had one tape, <laughs> their one own tribute tape band. gets their own. Is that what it's like in Portland? Tribute Is that what it's like in Portland? Can you, three years can you later. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know. Dude, Todd did it, and like, man, I was so chuffed because it was like my first band, and like two years in, I'm already <laughs> was, being like tributed. And it's a great name. The, yeah. the middleman's a great middleman's a great name. It was like you weren't you weren't honored by the tribute <laughs> band at that point. I'm guessing. <laughs> you were okay. All right. I wasn't honored. Were you, were was, you, were you yeah. a guest? Yeah. Well, and, and let's let's just let's just let's just make it. This is it. Wasn't a band. It was a whole night of. Of yeah. multiple bands doing nice. their so, I mean, doing their songs, like there was a, it was there were multiple acts that were like performing our songs as if like we were getting right. our own Hall nice. of Fame induction. Like, it was, <laughs> and my absolute it was favorite fun. thing too. This is my rental. This is a rental that I'm that right. I'm staying in. Right, my absolute favorite thing, and, and now in in retrospect was <laughs> was Aaron Blankenship. Yes, Aaron. <laughs> That's amazing. So, you know, and now in Rattle and Hum, in Rattle and Hum, uh, one of the most controversial things that Bono does in the in in this in YouTube's documentary is is spray paint rock That's and right. roll stops yeah. the traffic. <laughs> and I and and Aaron Blankenship took him took a mar, uh, like a, a, a Sharpie <laughs> and they just <laughs> wrote middlemen rock the house. On the on the on the living room wall. Yeah. Thinking, this is a I don't rental. Know I don't, what am I going to do? Clean with that? that up. That, but that's what that's rock and roll, baby. That that is rock and roll. Oh my god! But that was an epicenter of punk rock that on that night. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're already you're Todd. You're already talking to somebody who's legendary in the area that has a tribute band to themselves. That's that's pretty amazing. So to quote Christian Bale. Uh, because I like to quote Christian Bale every day, at least once. Uh, a guy who dresses up like a bat clearly has issues. So, what do you say about a band that likes to dress up yeah. and go out on stage as Star Wars characters? Hmm. Let's analyze that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 how, so how do you, how do you get how do you get from issues. from that is there sure. from the shows on the on the uh, on the farm and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff? How do you get there to what Twin Sister became? Uh, I uh, can I say, um, what happens when you tell a joke that people think is really funny, and then <laughs> you have to keep telling that joke <laughs> over and over? And then, and then the ultimate thing is like, obviously, you have to Absolutely. go in costume, right? Because it's now it's a thing that it's like the costumes were just like a, the pinnacle of the joke. Like we had got, we had reached peak. <laughs> Peach, peak humor, like the whole thing was just like it started out as just a laugh, and then we. Well, I mentioned I mentioned some friends today. I was telling them the history of the band, and they're huge Star Wars fans. So I was telling them about it, and they said, "Of course, they go out and play like John Williams songs, and they'll play the Cantina." And I said, "No, no, 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 no." They wrote songs that I said the first time I heard she he's no good to me dead. I went, I know exactly what they're talking about before I before I even saw the imagery, right? Before I even saw the imagery, when I uh, I heard uh, you like me because I'm a scoundrel, I'm like, they're speaking. This band from across the country is speaking my language, and I know exactly what's going on right now, and I couldn't be more excited. 
<laughs> but they, but they really, they, my friends really thought that you wrote some songs that kind of reflected John Williams' score, or you know, again, maybe just played the Cantina band song over and over and over again, or lapped in neck or something. No, no, no. They wrote original songs that reflected my experience. Yeah, we just decided to. We 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 uh we just went to the original Hutties yes. and uh, wrote down Bib Bib Fortuna's like uh, journal entries and uh, little slice snice, noodles there yeah we got some snice noodles. Uh, <laughs> my my parents you know, were legitimately worried about me because I knew uh, every song to that uh, Lapti Neck song and yes sorry sorry it's Max Rebo wow. but, sorry Max Rebo sorry <laughs> yeah I I think I was almost put in therapy because I knew I was walk, yeah. running around the house singing every word of the uh, song from Jabba's uh, palace and and I should have been I really should have been. <laughs> wow <laughs> well I love the original yeah. puppet I'm just gonna set the record straight the original puppet from, from that there there should never have been no. a whole musical number past that that precious moment yeah of, that yeah. was really awful yeah tell me yeah yeah you know Todd, moment, Todd, of, moment of silence had, moment of silence for i gotta story. say like, just as an aside <laughs> and probably actually relates to uh the band twin sister is that todd and i have had um uh, a years running debate over the uh, relevance of the prequels the uh the updates right. to the originals sequel I mean, Todd and I have had many serious discussions <laughs> please share absolutely <laughs> there's like changing dynamics it's like yeah we've had we've had debates and do they, do they go do they go back and forth <laughs> so are they, are they one-sided like, or do they go back and forth <laughs> what? oh like yeah no they go back well, I mean yeah we debate absolutely so I think so. Like our, our original, the, the whole the moment, and and a lot of people know this part of the story. But the moment where everybody decided this was a good idea was just in a just an after practice thing. Yeah. I think somebody was yeah. going to have a smoke or whatever or something, and I and I decided to get on the microphone. Matt started playing some like riffs that were sounded like uh, you know, right. uh, Rage Against the Machine kind of stuff. Everybody, you know, was, I think listening everybody, everybody yeah. was listening to that. That that at that yeah in in. Uh, 95 you know 94 95 you know and and uh yes and so when 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 mikey came in i think back from from going inside or something and we came back out to the garage i was on the microphone so he was like oh, okay so he you know he goes over and you know, plays, drums. Plays, <laughs> plays on the drums and so everybody kind of just shifted into this new, new dynamic, yeah. this, this new thing but it was basically it was just sometime sunday with me, yeah, with me right. singing because i just was hanging out and and uh yeah so i so would say matt, i think matt was just like good sing something just what you know whatever comes to mind and i was just like uh you know good to me dad so, yeah. you know you got a lot of guts coming back here after what you pulled <laughs> you know i mean all these all these lines that i could that could just come up you know that things lines the only lines that i had right. ready access to were from those movies really and he goes and he's like what are you what are you actually singing? What are you singing? And I just said, I, I'm just singing lines from Star Wars. And it was Matt's idea. I mean, there's no question. Matt just is like, we should do that. And I think probably somebody else said, yeah, we should be in costume and we should do, we should do. What's all the time? That. What's the time frame oh, yeah. of this? Like an so hour, hour, two hours? Not even that. It was like, once he realized that I was, that's what I was doing. Sure. 
that yeah. the idea was done. We were just going to do that. However, however we could do that. And there was like very few places in, in the, in town that you could right. get a costume. So it was really tricky, tricky to get the costumes. Um, yeah. It was like, we, we, we jammed like during a break. Uh, it was sometimes Sunday practice. And I remember okay. I, we practiced twice a week. So it was like, and I was like in college at the time. So it was like fucking easy. And my right. form was cheap back then. So yeah. So we were practicing twice a week. Um, Mikey, right. he was in sometimes Sunday, had his whole operation going. And uh, I think Todd and Mikey hooked up. And I think that's kind of how I got looped back in huh. to hanging which out is, with Which Todd. is pretty wild because uh, was through usually, usually in my experience, if a lead singer yeah. takes a break and he comes back and somebody else is on his microphone, uh, sometimes that, that leads to a fight. And again, maybe because I'm close to maybe because I'm close to Detroit, but uh, it doesn't sound like that was the case at all here. Mikey was just like, "Okay, let me." Are you are you asking what? Wait, you're asking what Mikey would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) Some ideas about that, but I don't want to. Yeah, right, right. Talk shit on anybody. We'll just assume it. He's not here, so let's. We'll just assume that everything was was smooth and everything. (laughs) Well, he moved to the drums pretty fast, which is, I mean, that was. The thing is, I mean, Mikey and I actually built a friendship around uh, show promotion, which was funny because yeah. he didn't really know right. that I'd put okay. on shows by myself at that point. You know, he, he just knew that I came to his club because I, yep. I did. I, I, I came and visited his club. But this was right. after I met him after the uh, the X-ray said they were closing down. And I had literally gone downtown and talked to Ben and Trace, the owners of the X-ray, about maybe helping. What do I do? What do I do? And they were like, they basically huh. offered me the club if like, I just paid, wow. if I just paid their back taxes. Uh, and, and I found out, I went to us bank, found out what it would take to get a loan to, to, uh, right. to do that. And they said it needed a co-signer. I asked my parents if they would co-sign. My parents said yes. <laughs> and I was literally this close. This is a, this is a right. centimeter a centimeter um close from um basically taking over the x-ray um but i had just previously like a month before had been divorced and i got this gut feeling that don't do this don't get don't get married to something again so soon and uh i think probably looking back i mean i would have that would have really been hard for me uh to, Mm -hmm. to try to take that on um but instead, I ended up kind of coming coming to see these shows that Mikey would put on, and uh, and that's really where we got like the audience for it. I mean, it's like this, Twin Sister did not play Portland just clubs, right? Twin Sister played these <laughs> right. Christian shows, and those oh, yeah. and that was our audience. So it wasn't okay. it wasn't like we were playing like you know the big clubs from, from you know, that all of our favorite bands were playing we weren't we right, weren't like right. opening for drunken abbeys no, no, <laughs> you no, were no. playing wherever you could <laughs> we were so, playing for all these we were playing these okay, no, 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 we, no, we, we were playing wherever mikey would would just say hey let's do a show no, I, I know this so this i know this story specifically like this is how i okay twin sister in my mind right start out as a right. fucking lark a joke at practice like as it like during a break we started to play like some crazy riffs that we like were thinking of, and and I say we because like it really was a collective thing. It wasn't just me or like we were all just right. like collaborating, which is beautiful. 
and it was and it was just a joke and uh and so what happened was Mikey and Todd were running this club called the Push and it, this is in like this is in the area of Portland that's still not like it's it's still just on the verge okay. of maybe becoming cool um so like this is in like it's called the Foster okay. Powell neighborhood and so Mikey or Mikey and Todd had somehow struck a deal with the with the people that ran this church and the church was called Arlita Baptist and it's like right like right south of Foster like way out on the 205 side and uh and they converted this basement and they like painted the walls black and like there's like this big, <laughs> big letters behind this stage and it was like you know like okay so Todd said the x-ray stage was like one foot off the ground this was like graduation because it was like oh wow six feet off the ground or five feet off the ground sure like it was a big stage and uh, i remember there was like some huge shows that mikey and todd put on it was like it was un- unbelievable like there was like like moisture like <laughs> dripping down the walls and from the ceiling because yep. there was too many people down there was, and i was i was running was, a, i was running a place in detroit called the groove yeah. house and we knew about the push because of some of the bands, some of the bands that we had coming through oh, would tell us all about the push. Oh man, yeah, the push yeah. was the scene, man. Like it was there every weekend. That was so fucking rad. Well, that Dude. was ninety five and like ninety five ish and stuff. And so, like from from that point, like we got you know the, the shows that we were starting to do were like you know people were were kind of going crazy but it was after we played this show mm-hmm. at uh Tom Fest um which which was so one of the things that the, wait, wait, wait. before you get into that oh you you got I something wanna, first go for it i want to say like the very first twin sister show was we we uh in, decided we we're just going to do this thing because it was oh, a sometime okay. sunday show and so like it was like sometime sunday we'll play the push because we're the fucking portland band and we Play and Mikey is the Mikey runs the club, so we can say and Mikey runs the club, so we play the push, right? Like we honestly, like, can I just say, I played the push <laughs> more than I wanted to play the push. That's yes, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but like, yeah. yeah, it was like we played a lot, and uh, but and so then it was like this thing where like, uh, hey, we got this fucking joke band. We'll just put it on a sometimes Sunday show because. You know what I mean? Do double Mikey duty. Anyway, yep. right? And Mikey plays drums. Right. So we like, that was it. It was a sometimes on this show. And uh, fucking twin sister and played to, right and, before Sometimes Sunday. And to and be we clear, one song. You, you did this in full costume. <laughs> we played one song. Oh. No, it, okay. the first okay. one wasn't full costume. The first show we played. It was like proof of concept. It was like mm-hmm. the first show we played one song. It was new, right. Slave Woman, yeah. You're No Good to Me Dead. Are you sure that's what? I, 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 was, I was thinking it might be the Jawa song because we put that on the comp. No, the first mm-hmm. one was Slave One. And, wow. and, okay. And how did the, we Because we were one. Boba Fett. Right. Because we were Boba Fett. That's why. Yeah. We weren't Twin Sister. Yeah, we our Boba original Fett. name was, yeah. Our, our original name was and Boba so you, Fett. So how, how, how did the, card re, how did the, the crowd react to that song? Nice. Oh, it was rad. Like, people fucking loved it. And then, like, the next, and and I think it was, like, the next uh, Sometime Sunday show, we did um, Slave One, 
and then we did Ben. <laughs> nice. Like Ben was the second one. Oh wow, yeah. So we had like a single, and then like somehow we got on, and then is when the uh, the Bronze Bondi comp came around. So like uh, Mikey and uh, I think Brian Everett, were you involved in that time? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Bronze Bondi was my, it, it was, uh, I, I came up with the name, but it yeah. was the, it was the, yeah. Brian, Brian did like all of the visuals and stuff. Brian, okay. Brian yep. sang for pep squad. He, yeah. And yeah. So yeah, he's, yeah, it was, I think you're right. I think it might've been the three of us. Yeah. So like there was this comp and this like Todd was like at the ground floor of all of these comps. In, uh, <laughs> Todd, in my were you, world, were you, like, were you, were you hey, the epicenter wanna... or near the epicenter of uh, everything that was going on? Well, there's two major ones, like that, the Bronze Bondi, and then the It Never Snows on Christmas. Wow, that was a, that was more. Well, we had the thing is, I always, I always loved the compilation idea, just because you know it, it, it allowed people to get us. Well, I think no, what it, I, when I really think about it. It goes back to the Muppet Show, and I've always wanted to be Kermit the Frog, and the variety show concept has never been lost on me. I've always wanted to do a variety show like like the Muppet Show, and 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 I think the compilation is that closest thing to getting the all the different people doing all the different kinds of music or all the different styles of art, you know, and they're all in one place. That's where I feel the, right. that's where I feel the happiest, you know? So the, mm-hmm. so this kind of this juxtaposition of, of pop culture and, and music for me, I think was sort of even that too, but, but yeah, the comps, the comps, uh, that was why those comps were, were so meaningful for me because I felt like a, a, a kid going to a show, you know, is only going to see the bands that are on that bill. They're not going to really branch out because they might not know how to. And if you've got like a bunch of local bands, I, it, it just made sense to me. And to, to It really sounds like that's to, the way the two of you bonded, it. the idea of bringing bands together, you know, for the benefit of everybody. Being part of a scene like that and being able to be instrumental, yeah. instrumental <laughs> and pulling bands yeah. together and pulling people together and saying, look, we can do, we can work together. We can put out compilations. We can do all that kind of stuff. And we're all going to get ahead because of it. Sound right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's definitely that's definitely one one piece of it. I think also being brought up in churches and private schools and everything, um, I wanted to model a way to be in a community like that that could could go outside the boundaries of what they what what, what maybe their parents or their you know, churches of upbringing or whatever had told them they could do and, and express themselves far beyond, uh, where, you know, where, where they had been told that this is, this is, you can go this far, but no fur- further, you know? And like I said, when I went and saw the X-ray, uh, concert, um, that was a second conversion. I felt like I, I carried some of that same message with me until, this, sure. you know, this very interview, because the whole idea, the whole idea for me is that, you know, what good is faith, uh, belief in, you know, the afterlife or, you know, belief in a higher power, if it doesn't free you to be a person that is deeper in the relationships, more expressive, more, uh, more of an advocate for others, more of a, a, a lover of, of the world and, mm-hmm you know, all that stuff. And I feel like to me, it was a direct correlation with, you know, my own core beliefs, you know, that I felt like 
you know, my, my ch- the church right. growing up didn't really represent you, any of there was an, There was another way. But in punk rock, I felt like there was so much of that that was being really um, considered. And p- there was a lot of close attention being given to people being given a, given a voice, you know. So that was, yeah. Excellent. That was meaningful Excellent. for me. Well, let's take a quick break and hear a word from a sponsor. From Kenner's Star Wars collection comes the Stormtrooper, the Sand People, and all 20 action figures, including new Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, and more, each sold separately. And now, Boba Fett, Star Wars villain, with his laser rifle. Boba Fett is not yet available in stores, but you can get him free with four proofs of purchase from any Star Wars action figures. Details on specially marked packs at participating stores. Offer ends May 31st. Star Wars action figures sold separately from Kenner. sister they're sharing their history telling us a little bit about themselves or a lot about themselves and growing up in portland and being in bands and wearing costumes on stage yeah. uh like i know right now if i wanted to go well maybe not right now but like six months ago if i wanted to go find a star wars costume it probably wouldn't be that hard to find a costume at a at a store relatively quickly but we're not talking about now we're talking about 1995 mm-hmm. Was it easy to find? Easy to find costumes for uh, Star Wars characters in 1985? I know how it is to find. Like we'll get we'll we'll get there. But like I feel like the costume, I feel like the costumes are are uh, a metaphor. I like for, that uh, trajectory. Yeah, trajectory. The, co- the costumes were the ultimate expression of a a really <laughs> fucking fun. But joke. but an inside joke that you let everybody else in on, right? <laughs> I mean, that's my. So, so, so you started as an inside joke, but like I said, as soon as I heard the first, as soon as I heard you liked me because I'm a scoundrel, even though it was an inside joke, I got the joke. Yeah. And I guarantee I was not the only one across the country <laughs> because I remember going to, I remember going to Cornerstone with one mission that year to come home with a copy of Twin Sister. That's all. That was, that was, you know, I, I probably didn't see any bands that year. I probably just wait, turned around wait. and came home because I was like, I got. Oh, oh did yes, you I did. Get a copy of that at, at I did. Cornerstone, and that's oh, where, that's where and met. that's where, and that's where we met. 
No way. Yeah. Holy That's shit. That's where we met. Stayed in line. That's crazy. Yeah. And I don't think I even knew you were the, I knew about Twin Sister going there, but I didn't know that you were even involved until probably 10, 15 minutes into our conversation. Because I was managing I was managing a band called Leader Dogs. Uh, yeah, I was there with them. Yeah. They were playing that year. And then you and I were talking. And I said, well, what band do you okay. with? And I'm pretty sure you said Twin Sister. And I went, what? Because <laughs> pre- I know it was the first thing. I, when, as soon as I got to the grounds, I don't even think I set my tent up. <laughs> I ran right to the merch booth because I had always did that. And I found that a copy of that CD. That's how that's how urgent it was. Wait, was it, was it a CD? It would have been a tape. Yeah, it was tapes. You, you asked Todd like what band he was in, and like, he said Twin said- Sister. And I and I again, I was in I was in radio, so I had heard the legend of Twin Sister. I came to town knowing oh, knowing. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It Damn. probably was a cassette. Yes, yeah, it was the right. it was the colored cassette. It was like one. Yeah, we had, uh, like, we had like Mikey was like fucking rad in like so many different ways. Like like the motherfucker knew how yes. to put some shit together, <laughs> right? Like he would be like, look, like he got the joke and he instantly he instantly sensed yes. the marketability yep. of her <laughs> <laughs> And so like Mikey, like I have to say, like want to pour one out for him but like uh like he really pushed it like it was like twin sister you wouldn't know sure. about twin sister if it wasn't for mikey that's true well and every chance he got i mean truly i mean whatever chance he uh he got to put twin sister on there you know out in front of people he 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 did it and and for me that that mean that meant a lot because you know i was i was playing in other bands i actually was in a band with my brother and i was in a band with you know, I, I did a bunch of other stuff and, you know, this was my chance to actually sort of be a rock star where, you know, mm-hmm. because especially at Cornerstone, sometimes yeah. Sunday's draw yep. was huge. And on the, on the night that we played uh, during sometimes Sunday's set, the only other band that was going at the time was Iona right. on the main stage. And so any anybody that didn't want to be sleeping in their tents or want to see Iona were was in that tent. And I got to be yeah. the person that was saying, put your hands up. And everybody, <laughs> I mean, and seeing 4,000 hands go up, you know, I'm like, what? And I had never, I'd never experienced that. And so that, that's yeah, that was a wild tour. Okay. So like, okay. When did, let's go back sure. to costumes. I know. Hey, no, go ahead. Hey, uh, by all means, right it's all good. Man. It's, it's all right, Matt. I want to know. Everybody. Uh, when did, okay. So Todd, when do you, remember when we like pressed the word go on costumes like when when did we put the switch on costumes i gotta say that it would make no sense to to have had us do costumes before the tom festival and that to me makes the most sense yeah, so, so in, in 1995 festival. we did our yep. first Tom festival, and yep, it was right. at this this it was it wasn't even on the schedule. We weren't even on the yeah. schedule to play, but um, but uh, um, but Mikey's friend Frank Tate from Five Minute right. Walk Records had a side stage that he was like just you know pr- promoting you know Seven Day Jesus and. Oh um, right, can we uh, actually can we like set up Tom Festival first? Oh yeah, sure. Because I, I feel like it's a part of the history. Yeah. Uh, because Twin Sister was really just an add-on to like this whole scene that we were like. That's that's a real good point. 
like Mikey, yeah. Todd, you, me, everyone who's involved, every like all the bands, Aaron Brockway, like all all the people. Like we were like just cultivating a thing, and like that's what uh, allowed Twin Sister to happen as a as a thing because it's that's just true. a fucking it's just a fucking joke, right? Like it's like we wrote one song, we played a show. You know, you would see that. You would see that at bands in the. You would see that at bands of the X-ray though too. Like you, you know, they would just do a concept band. You know, like the one of the bands I was talking about, Trailer Queen, was it was an all-female band, and they were like singing yeah. like you know, uh, yeah, you know, these boots were made for walking. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you know, it was it wasn't a sense that they were going to play another show, not necessarily. Right. You know, and and right. they didn't have to. There was a there was a value in its own ephemeral characteristic that, that, you know, that you were going to be there, you're going to be a part of this thing. And I think that what we did at the push was very similar. I mean, I think we saw, we saw the need for that, like, let's just throw this band together on this bill. And and you can't really do that kind of stuff unless you have a venue to do it, you know? And so, and and then you have, then you have the legend of the trailer Queens, right? Where people were like, were you at that show? Did you exactly, were you at that show? Exactly. So like, I, so like we had the benefit of having like a really, fucking weird idea that was kind of you know whatever yeah like niche and then uh we had the uh, availability of a venue to like just show it off and we had like the idea of like this culture that we were creating where you can do whatever the fuck you perfect storm and but i would say also in the but i would also say the new in the northwest i don't know uh ryan if you've ever seen the movie yes but 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 the whole concept of grunge being this this uh out of control like you know Mm -hmm. thing that everybody latched onto i mean portland in in a very real way you know had you know got some really close you know residual effects to that in in in, in, in both positive and negative ways because i think they were like they were like bands that we loved that got passed over you know, by sub pop, you know, and in, right. in favor of this right. other band that we were kind of like, eh, don't care about that band. Why did they sign mm-hmm. that band? And I remember the scene sort of being in, in, in like the x-ray scene was kind of being fractured because, because of that sort of like, Oh my gosh, I can make some money right. or I can do this or whatever, you know? And meanwhile, uh, the push and stuff like that, I felt like there was a sense that, um, you know, no other time in like Portland history, did you have, so many kids just going out to shows. And I think that was like one of the stories of hype is that man, all of a sudden there's like five, five times as many people that come out to shows just because of the collective, like what's going on. Isn't this a big thing going on? And I think there's that, that sense of like the potential of something big happening in your town. I think that gets people out out there too, but also, but there's, you know, you can't, you can't overstate the power of, Brandon Ebel's label uh, to the nail right. and how like he could, he could, he basically, he would just have the roster of bands that were from California and Seattle yeah. and then just go up and down and he, they just play the push every time they went through, yeah. you know? And so, and sometimes Sunday was, almost sometimes Sunday was a first, that first wave of tooth and nail bands period. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So then you, so basically you had this built in like, and it worked really well for tooth and nail and it worked very well for us too, because you know, you would have 400 kids a weekend yeah, at, at, at these shows in this basement of this. And, and, tiny and, church, that, and that replicated in multiple cities, largely right. due to tooth and nail. 
Uh, so in 1993, right. I was in California visiting friends and I was doing radio at the time. So my last day before I headed back home, I went to lunch with Brandon. Brandon was doing a radio promotion for Frontline, Frontline Records. Right. So we're sitting at lunch and we're talking back and forth. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to start a label one day. And I went, oh, that's nice. So we all want to start a label one day. And uh, he, he told me a little bit. He said, like, here's things that are in the works. He goes, I, I don't need he wasn't he wasn't saying I'm leaving or anything. He was like just kind of throwing out these ideas. And I was, you know, running some ideas. I, I had studied entertainment law. So we were discussing some things back and forth. And then it was literally about two and a half months later, I start to see the first ads for Tooth and Nail Records. And I went, he did it. Wow, he did it. So when I was running my club, I was running Groove House in Detroit. We did almost probably 80 to 90% tooth and nail bands coming through. And we had kids. Kids oh. would come up to a show. Didn't matter who it was. Like we built up that kind of yeah. following. Like it sounds like the push where it didn't matter who was playing. I got to be there. Yeah. Which is ideal. I mean, I, I largely due to tooth and nail. Well, like, dude, yeah, I know. Like Christian music in that period like was legit. It was. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, how do you, how else do you say it? Like, it was like, no, there were shows happening. Like, there's bands. And, like, yes, there was like, like, yes, there was like mostly the successful bands were like kind of boring. Yeah. But, like, there was shit that was yeah. happening. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and in yeah, retrospect, the idea, the fact that he resisted being called a Christian label really served the whole label in the long run, even though he got so much heat for, yeah. for not, you know, not. Yeah refusing to label it but like i said it it, it was it was one of my first lessons in branding <laughs> branded branding yeah but uh we, we here in oregon we claim brandon evil as an Oregonian. <laughs> as you should yes from, I, I will i will put it on blast today brandon evil is from beaver there you go <laughs> it, is, it is official <laughs> it has been it has been decreed <laughs> Farther, farther out than Gresham, even. It's, just, <laughs> it's shameful it's how far. Hard. If there were numbered blocks, it would be 500 yeah. block. I'm sure. I, was, I, I remember, I remember um, being very excited when I started seeing the tooth and nail advertising. I was like, he did it. So for Tom Fest, for, so for Tom Fest, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Then you have, you know, yeah. you have tooth and nail and any of the other labels from, you know, other people that would like to do right, that sort yeah. of thing. And so you get, you get five or six labels represented at this, in this one spot. And then like yeah. some, the festival books itself, basically, yeah. which is what. Can I like, just like a shout out now? Uh, so we're talking about building the Tom Fest uh, festival, which I think is like a major uh, part of the mm -hmm. story, like I shout out to Bill Power, right? Yes, Bill oh, yeah. Power. Oh yes, yeah, man. He's well, like he's like one of the major, like him and Mike. You were like one of the major, like, like made this fucking thing happen. Yeah. Actually, it's yeah. weird. Absolutely, it's cool, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of really. I mean, that was the thing. Is like at that moment, it's like I don't think anybody really realize how big how big it had gotten or how it could be and i think a festival is really it gives you that sense of like oh okay and and we we uh found this festival uh space in this town called stevenson and tiny tiny town and the locals absolutely hated us the local businesses <laughs> like this, but the locals hated us they they would just they come they would like park in the parking lot of the fairgrounds with like their their guns just right on the right on the top of the hood of their their trucks you know and it was can i just say like i i i uh grew up in stevenson 
like I was born in White Salmon because that's the closest hospital. Okay. But my parents had a house in Stevenson. So like when I came home as a baby, it was in Stevenson. And so I grew up in Stevenson until. That's poetic. Yeah. Until like Mount St. Helens. Yeah. So like they started this festival in my hometown. Wow. Shout out to Stevenson. Shout out to Stevenson. <laughs> it's right next to Otisburg. Not really. Oh yeah. Not it's really. across the way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so I mean, I, I mean, so the Tom Fest made perfect sense, but also it made perfect sense that maybe that we would, that we that Twin Sister would like, you know, have its first lift off, you know, from that from that place, you sure. know, yeah, yeah, um, and we we and 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 Frank's stage was not a foot tall, not five feet tall, but maybe three inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> You were just on the ground. And so when the word got out that we played, the entire festival showed up for our set. Wow. And um, it was, and it was dark. There were no, I think there were like street lights, but I don't think, were there even stage lights? Yeah, there, I'm sure there would have been straight stage lights. There were some lights. That shit was wild though. Yeah, it was, I've got a videotape of it that that I'll have to, I'll have to send as a link or something oh, like yeah. that. Um, but the, but the, it was a legendary set. And when we did Ben, for that set, I mean, right. people came unglued. I mean, every you know, because that song is not the com- most complicated song in our in our repertoire. You know, right. and the second time I sang, "There Ain't No Way to You Are My Father," everybody was singing it. So, uh, <laughs> but you're, that's, you're that's also you're also speak you're also speaking a universal language that's forty three years old this year. That's mm. true. those that's those true. phrases. True. We 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 talk about it now. We talk about the films that, the films that have come out in the last say ten years. And the quotability of them is far lower than huh. the movies that we quote from, you know, 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, no, it, it, it's it's funny. Like, I, I, I'm one of those guys. I probably throw out a movie quote once a day, if not 10 times a day somewhere. And most of them are from pre-2000 films. That's funny. Wow. Yeah. I wonder yeah. why that is. So, yeah. So I don't know, everything, man. Like, value... Uh... Emphasis on writing, right? You know the the combination of great screenwriters, um, memorable lines. The catchphrase was always, you know, was always key. You know, I'll be back, and you know, all that, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, certainly yeah, more obscure, like Otisburg. Otisburg is a great reference that most people would not pick <laughs> up on unless you're of a certain age. That's true. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm yeah, so yeah. happy so you, you, so you were, that, that, That's so good. I'm so glad. So you were speaking a language that people understood, which makes sense why people would gravitate to what you were doing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, and 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 I think that from that Tomfest uh, experience, we just kind of took that, took the money and ran ran with it. We just kept doing the stuff, and then the recording made sense for us. Wait, to wait, wait, wait. To, okay, to, like, it's like, can I interrupt you? If, like, we're going for no, no, you can't because I got to <laughs> no, no. I got to say. <laughs> We never answered your question, uh, Ryan, about where how how easy was it to get the the costumes? And I will tell you that we went to Helen's uh, Pacific Costumers on Gleason Street, and okay. this place was the scruff. Talk about scruffy looking Nerf herders. <laughs> That's all they had was this. Like, do you want the scruffy looking Nerf or the really scruffy looking Nerf herder? So, you know, the Chewbacca costume looked like a carpet just sewn together, basically. <laughs> And um, 
the 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 front panel for Darth Vader was I I think they did it on cardboard and they just put like leather on top of it and just like you know just like glued buttons on you know the, the mask of course was was legitimate but everything else was like what am I wearing here I mean I'm you know and it was and this it was, is a rental place yeah it's a rental place I think the whole thing I think the rent all of them would maybe was like two hundred bucks it was really stupid right. But, so anyway, sorry about that. There, but, but, but yeah, it, it was worth. It, it was worth the it. motif. Yes, very true. Look, it, you know, if if there's time in this podcast, I have a lot to say about the costumes themselves. Absolutely, but, absolutely. You know, <laughs> like to wear them, and you know, manage, I'm under quarantine. I got time. Manage wearing a costume. <laughs> what, what was the what was the heat What was the heat factor in the costume? I, what do you think? Uh, painful. <laughs> Pain, painful and you're suffering for your art that's what i that's the way i interpret it well we never yeah. we never we, used we did a show we did a, a tour of seven days in a row where i was having to wear that motherfucker like <laughs> <laughs> through the south in the spring that's true yeah. i forgot about that we, yeah. like we would wear we would play the show right sweat yeah. through it right? and then put it all in this suitcase and yeah. then the next day guess what all the sweat would congeal. And, 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 so and the next day, guess what? Yeah, like that. No, you're wearing the sweat from tomorrow, uh, from yesterday. Like you're wearing, you're wearing the sweat from yesterday. And what? like it was a seven day. Tour. <laughs> I watched. I watched the video that the on I Vimeo was today. That. that was last year. Man, that? that was a sweaty show. What? Yeah, you yeah you watch yeah. yeah yeah you watch it. That's that's why by the time like four songs in, everybody's everybody's costumes are off. They're yeah, off. exactly. Yeah, Mikey's costume is completely off by that point. He's got just I, the Chewbacca legs, and that's I it. could only pretty much. Like, I, I I told myself like okay yeah I'm gonna wear the Stormtrooper mask for the for song one. And then, yeah, yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's my commitment. Like, no, no more than the song one. Like, that's all. I'm the, the gimmick pays off <laughs> as, as, as long as you walk out on stage in costume. Everybody will remember that. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that was the whole thing. So, you said you did a GMA show in the middle of all that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. How did that go? Well, I would say I think we're I think it were like four I think we were four nights in maybe that when we when we got to Nashville. No, yeah. no, that was no, that was that was show one. You think so? Like, you think so? Yes. Well, okay. I know. Like, it, it, just why the fuck does GMA <laughs> want a twin sister? No, show? no, 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 no. It was Frank Tate's idea. The whole thing was Frank Tate's. I idea. know it was. I but know he was, it was, he, was he was unveiling I, his entire label to the GMA I, crowd. At I know Clubs. his idea was, but like I, I still ask the question: Why? <laughs> yes, right. Why were we going to be on Frank Tate's label? Because we were. Why here. are we? Why are we going to play a showcase show at the Gospel Music Association <laughs> conference? Because everybody, because everybody <laughs> worshipped Luke Skywalker. Secretly, so secretly, isn't that the most punk rock thing ever? Yes, it yes. was. It absolutely it was. Is. Yeah. It, and I, and I, I told I told Ryan a little earlier, Matt, about uh, how many songs we got to do for the set. How many songs did we do? Do you remember? No, it was like three or four. <laughs> we had a whole set planned, and he had at, he was going to 
give us the entire set because it's our, twin sisters shows are only like seven songs because that's the only only how many songs sure. we knew um <laughs> but, but but when he looked when he looked out wouldn't you say the look did you were you on that side of the stage to look over to see frank's fa face during our set no, nah, I don't look at him. I, I never trusted that motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, here's my question. Here's my question. Did Frank Tate know what you were about? Was, was he, was he no. surprised like everybody else? That's not, that's not true. That's right. not true. He if saw he, our if set. If he knew what he we were about, set. I would. Right. No, 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 no. I have video proof. I have video proof that he was – so we were walking through. We came down the GMA escalator, uh, and – and the guy from there was a guy from MTV. Do you remember who this guy was? Uh, he was uh, no, it was the guy from Dakota Motor Company. Yeah, yeah, but remember he was on, he was, he was on MTV, right? And it was like a huge That's thing, right. but he was also on. I think he was also on MTV. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he, but he, I have a video. I have video where we're coming right. down. The, we're coming down the escalator. I have video, and he's like, "Oh my God, it's Obi Gabadabi," or said some some ridiculous yeah, like, things. And Mikey right, just right. gives him yeah. a, a flyer, and and then. We continue to just go through these this this room of his of executives in the main in the main you know, uh, oh my god of whatever and 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 it's a all room full of self important people. everybody and we're just giving flyers out to people. That was the weird. Show. Okay, so like oh okay, look, and and you couldn't you could smell the indifference. <laughs> well, that's this is GMA. That's getting worked. That's just that's, that's just, that's just GMA he's, though. He's actually got his he's got his. Um, yeah, you know what? he's pushing matt's pushing his, his sleeves you know what right that now. should be that should be the tagline for gma you could just smell the indifference i like it <laughs> <laughs> that was my first conference ever i've been to many conferences since first that one was the first one thank you thank you gma for uh, establishing the bar <laughs> yeah. yeah uh what which is why there's no gma was. anymore i mean as far as doing anything that people are paying attention to we should have we should have crashed the double I've words is what we should have done it's, uh i actually i crashed i crashed the after parties <laughs> for the food but uh no no it's it's that that's my question is that he must have known what you did before putting it on stage right yeah that's weird like how did that happen I think, I think he was just looking at it from a from a lucrative sure. standpoint. I mean, that was the reason why we changed our. Got that's it. the way okay. we changed our name. Actually, I think I, I think at the uh, somehow we put the song on the Bronze Bunny compilation, and then somehow I, I feel like Mikey was like pitching shit to Frank Tate. And that sounds right. And they were like working on some deals, like, hey, could you put it like whatever, like record label kind of shit? And then, oh, he had right. distribution. That was why. Yeah. Five Minute Walk so had a different distribution, like, uh, which was like in, like, you could put it in, like, <laughs> I don't know, defunct, defunct yeah. stores now. But like, then it was like, oh my God, you can put it in, like, you could actually get a release like in the stores. This, yeah. So that, I mean, that was a draw. That's the reason why we yeah. were in Nashville okay. to begin with. Is Mikey was exploring like distribution with Frank Tate and Frank Tate had a showcase show that he had uh, secured for the <laughs> Gospel Music Association conference. 
Because if, if, if you're looking for Star Wars fans, uh, the Gospel Music Association—that's <laughs> where the heart is. That's, that's where you find you, it. You know what? You know what? The other and the other line for Gospel Music Association: a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Of scum and villainy. I was just going to say that. Why were? Why did you have to do that? I mean, we were going to together. Come on. You can still do. I it. will say, genius. Like, that is, genius, dude. That show is like goes down in my memory as one of my hallmark Absolutely. shows. My career. That's it's great. like, like you play a show to the Gospel Music Association conference, and it's like a highlight show, and you're a fucking Star Wars fan. You're in a stormtrooper yeah. costume. Yeah, you win. You win. Checkmate. Like, I, I feel like we I feel like we played our first song and like there was like two people clapped. After. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh yeah, no, there was a there was there was audible silence after each song. That was the most uh, like uh, I guess uh, adversarial relationship with the crowd. But it sounds like you enjoy, sounds like you enjoyed yeah, it. I think I think what they're doing is I think I've been doing music for like thirty years and like holy shit, like this as far as like I did, I did enjoy it. Okay. It was like, oh shit, I'm playing Star Wars music well, in front of these Christian motherfuckers. So so when we played when when we when we watched that, so that that show was probably the antithesis of going into the X ray right. Uh, right. and seeing oh, Drunkard yeah. Abbey for the first time. <laughs> right. <laughs> We had, we, yes, that is it. It's kind of like uh, the blues, the Blues Brothers when they show up at oh, the uh, honky tonk bar. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, that's the GMA that's, crowd right yes, there. That's it. Impress us, <laughs> and you did. They just didn't want to admit it. You know, I'll take that. Oh, man. Like, I'll take that. <laughs> in, a way, like, in a way, that's like why I play music to begin with. Because I always want to play something that's provocative. Art provokes. Art yeah. provokes. It true, truly does. Yes. So Ryan, I I feel like us doing doing this interview for me was was like being able to to reconnect with my friend Matt, which is which was a, a real gift for me, and I really appreciate that. I um um I think that you know as far as what you said about the quotability of a future song, I mean future movies. You know, I don't. You know, a lot of people ask, "Are you going to do new music? Are you doing?" You know, and like. Well, you know, I mean, sure. I mean, people are like rewriting the Bible every sure. five years, right? I mean, you can always take old material and put new things out of it. But, but, but I do kind of like the idea that your friends had about like reworking John Williams you know, stuff. You know, I mean, uh, put, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do that it. next. <laughs> I I actually wrote this song because um, I one of the songs that I. Um, I, one of the themes that I love the most from Empire Strikes Back is this theme that I think is they call it the Han and right. Leia theme, which is uh, you hear it in the in the end, kind of the end credits while the you know that the uh, Luke and Leia and, and the droids are looking mm-hmm. into that yep. that vortex, you know, and and it's like and it's like da 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 and i've always wanted to sing a song oh, as you should. with that melody as on, you should you know, my first thing like that my because first vinyl purchase ever thing. was that score was the empire strikes back soundtrack 
and nine. Oh, so beautiful. But I also had an idea. I also had an idea to, to take the score itself, write a song that fits over it. You know, so it, it almost acts like the score is the, the backing track for the karaoke right. of the new Twin Sister album. Oh, I like and that. I don't know, yeah, that's got to gain some traction. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. Maybe well, you and, you and I have had this conversation over the last several years. It's like at, with each sequel and prequel and everything else that's come out, there's a resurgence in what's going on. And I think what you guys have is what everybody needs. And again, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but the, the, it, the, whole, the whole machine, especially now with Disney involved, People are growing up with the I mean, now you got nine. You've got the nine films plus Rogue One. There's this history that people know. And solo, don't 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 uh, throw solo. I won't I won't <laughs> you notice I omitted that one. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you went there. Um I gotta say, like, okay, right, you, you, solo. Somebody defend solo. I, I went in like fucking solos are yeah. rad fucking movie. Like, I mean, what else do you want to know about Han Solo? Good point. I gotta say, let, here's here's Please. my one word review for Han Solo. Lando, you know that's my that's my review. Childish. Yeah, because yes. he's fucking rad. Don Glover was Don amazing. Glover. Absolutely, yeah, perfect. You're absolutely right. Perfect casting. And that was that. Yeah. That was You're for me. That was right. my, that was You're the movie absolutely. for me. And there were elements yeah. that were I really enjoyed. Absolutely. I will give it that, for sure. And I mean, the, yeah, well, we can go on for this. Woody was good. Was was Woody yeah, Woody was yeah, good. Woody Harrelson yeah. was great in that movie. I thought. Yeah, yeah. All right, you know what? Yeah. I, I, this has been therapy Look. for me. Maybe I need to go back and watch Solo again. Give it another chance. <laughs> Look, you're talking to like motherfuckers who started a Star Wars band. <laughs> Like we're we're apologists, just I understand, by, understandable. By definition, you know? What was yeah. okay? Which, which of the, all those films, which one was your favorite? We are no, I'm not going to qualify it. Which one was your favorite? Oh boy, oh boy, here we go. This is where things all are going right, to get, get kind of dicey. Wait, what? Yeah, all of all the films. I mean, it's Empire for sure. I'm in the Empire camp. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, see, here's the problem. It's like I. I I want to say Empire, but like, there are parts in that movie that really drag. And, <laughs> and the thing is, if you go back and you, I, I mean, I, I don't see it. There's a different. There's a, a lens you're, that I'm trying to. Here's a lens that I'm trying to look at, at any of the movies of my childhood through. Is that you know, it's like, I, I had so much more patience for movies that I was in, in, you know, enraptured by, or just like, you know, that so, so that it di didn't matter if it took a little while to get to some place, you know, but I fell asleep um, during the dogfight scene during the new hope, you know? So, you know, I feel like there's something telling about this, the pacing and the editing, even though there was a lot of good editing that was done. I mean, I felt like just like, how, are we expected to still stay with the movie almost an hour after like one of your favorite right. characters dies? You know, when Ben uh, dies, you're supposed to also then so, be invested in this, you know, this this rebellion that you're just meeting. And you know, I mean, it's I like, like, I don't feel, I don't feel like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know, too no. blasphemously. But I, and I'm, I know that there's, I think there's going to be people that are going to be mad, but, but I got to say that the, the the movie that has the best pacing and the most surprises and the and and that i still like i'll go back and i've, mm -hmm. I've watched this movie recently like 
over and over again without the sound, without the sound effects and without the dialogue. And that is The Last Jedi. Todd, I I want to thank you for speaking. (laughs) Hey, man. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. Because it's, Lord knows, it's not going to be George Lucas. True. (laughs) So, The Last Jedi. I. Yeah, I have we'll been say that. defending that film for several years now. Against. So, have you watched? Did you, did you buy it? Have you bought yes. the digital copy? Can have you watched it without dialogue and without yes. without sound effects? Oh yes, I have. What do you Unbelievable. think of that? What do you think of that? Uh, John Williams is a I mean, genius. What? I mean, I knew that. I knew that when I bought. Yeah, but I'm just saying also yes. the images along with it too. I mean, I just I feel so there's just such there's such it's so epic in that in that um, and and he dared and that what I like sorry. about it that he, he, he dared and, and, to mess with the formula. And that's what I like. It almost goes you know what the parallel yes. I like see to your GMA experience where you messed with the formula and yes. you enjoyed messing with the formula. You enjoyed the fact that Empire, Empire messed too, with absolutely. the formula. Absolutely. That and that's that's ultimately yeah, that's why I. That's why that's we why love I, it, especially with the 40-year celebration just this week of the release of *Empire Strikes Back*. Uh, I was one of those guys in the studio or in the theater that on opening day. But yes, it, *Empire* totally messed with the with the with the uh, formula. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Are you are you familiar with the Chuck Klosterman essay about *Empire Strikes Back*? I've heard of it. How it. I've never read it. Is the it is like is like the foundation of Generation X. No, I need to. Whoa, yeah. I would love to read. I'd love to read that. Yeah, it's like it's like Empire Strikes Back and the movie Reality Bites. Like, wow, <laughs> I like that. Those two things, like how they completely shaped Generation X. That's a fucking great, like, I should, Did, I don't know. Okay, I I'm looking that up. We, I was going to say, link, does, we got a link to that in the, uh, in the does Jay and Silent Bob strike back work into there too, or no? What? No, I mean, yeah, just yeah. like those two things. Right? <laughs> I fucking love Close to Me, but that's one. It's in the book called Sex, Drugs, oh, okay. and Cocoa Puffs. All right, we'll, we'll track it down. Link it up if we can. Okay, I need yeah. to find that. That's good. That that may explain my entire life. Yes. Okay, so like twin sister, we did we did uh, Tom Fest. We did like the five five minute walk stage show that was huge, and then we had that was just like a surprise show. I didn't we didn't even know that we were gonna do that, and then uh, and then we had like the big main stage show, which was like the last night. Is that right, Todd? Oh, that's true. We did do two shows. I forgot about that. And I feel like those are the, so the five minute walk stage and the main stage show, those are the first nights that we hmm. did the costumes. So we built up the costumes. Those are the first night. Tom Fett, 95. Yes, that's right. Uh, and we, we were actually uh, featured on a, a, a documentary about Star Wars fans called A Galaxy Far Away. I believe. And um, because I had the idea, this is really ridiculous. When episode one came out, it came out in uh, uh, in this theater called the Eastgate Theater, which was the biggest theater in Portland. And across the way, there was like a 
Home Depot style, like Builder's Square uh, yep. uh, store. And I asked the owners of the Builder's Square if we could use their parking lot to have nice. a Star Wars concert. And we got, we got the, this is so crazy. We, we had, I had friends that were a part of uh, a stormtrooper regimen. Like they actually dressed up, um, you know, uh, in their own homemade, really, really accurate, you know, replicas right. of the, the stormtrooper outfits and, um, and the local alternative music uh, radio uh, uh, station, 94, seven, they, they uh sponsored it so we had like uh the event was listed in the paper the local ra uh, radio station was there we we were we had a stage uh, you know right next to the biggest theater in yeah. um in portland on the opening day of episode one and we found out that the movie glitched out because i think it was like you know, it's, it's, it was on like digital, you know, projectors, projectors and stuff. And it had glitched wow. out for the first showing. And people oh, I, were like, absolutely pissed. And they were coming out. And so we didn't know anything about that. All we did was we, we literally set up and we just started blaring <laughs> the music, from, you know, thinking that people would be like coming out of the movie and be like, woo, you know, and like oh. people were pissed. And I, I, I even went over back, back over to the line as people were in line. I'm like, Hey, when you're done, you know, come on, come on over and watch our show. And they're wow. like, whatever, you know, I'm like, what? No, come on. And, and, uh, I was, it was like, again, one of those moments where I'm like, this could be such a great big thing, you know? And I was trying to re relive that Tom sure. festival yeah. sort of moment again. And, and that was 99, was 99 yeah. four years later. And yeah. And, and I just, uh, it just, it never came back for me. And, uh, Maybe it's different now, but it, it, I feel like there was a there was something that got lost after the prequels, and then, you know. So I I, I agree with you where the music stands by itself. I I don't know about the performance part of it. I don't know if we'll ever be able to uh, perform I again. Mean, that was like that, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like that story is the perfect encapsulation right. of like, hey, we like created this band that's like really funny like this like this idea of like uh, uh like making these songs that are like actually musically unique that have star yep. wars lyrics uh -huh. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh yeah and then like of course we're gonna play at all at, you know the, in the parking lot across the street from one of the biggest screens in the city when the prequel number yep. one comes out, right? Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. <laughs> but it definitely, it, it does, it makes me think about, like, you know, what what that did to just the sort of, you know, the morale, <laughs> the morale of us, all of us fans. But also it made me think that, it, it, it you know, yes, we were about Star Wars, but, it, but I feel like we were, the reason why so many people connected with us at that time, you know, when we first were doing it is because we were, as connected to star Wars as we were to right. our own scene. And I think that, I think that that was, that was what was so beautiful about what we chose to do, because I think, yes, it was a joke, but also I think we tapped into the sense that people could be, believe what they believed, but also be, and this is, it's funny to say, but also right. be human. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's what's, 
what, what had gotten so forgotten in all of this, you know, Jesus count kind of thing, like Jesus, you know, and, and where things have come since then. And like, if you, if you're just believing in the intrinsic value of entertainment and joy and a childhood innocence and that sort of thing, if that doesn't, if that's not enough for you, you know, and you've got to tack in these little afterthought, you know, faith right. arguments and stuff like that. It's just like, it's like, that is, that to me is, uh, that, that, that is so demeaning. Um, and, and I think that that's, and I think that's, I'm, I'm, I feel like to, to that degree, I think we were very revolutionary yeah. in what we were attempting to do because we, we spoke to that and we, we were yeah. unapologetic. That's, about that's it. the word I was looking for. I think you bring up a, I think you bring up a really good point. And it's like there's there's a large theme in here about like just <laughs> saying fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but yeah, there's a yeah. Yeah, I, I can take away I can I can yeah, take away from the experience what I need and let go of the rest. That's what I learned in life. There's elements of faith that I hold on to. There's a lot of elements that from the way I was raised and the way I, you know, I can, I could happily send off and not impact my life at all. It's all, all part of the process, but I can, but I can be as much a Star Wars fan and everything else that's out there as as anybody else. And you tapped into that real joy that, that the films brought out in people, right? Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's right. I wouldn't want any other white man. No, Just, no. Yeah, man, Matt. That's that's right. I feel I feel like uh, it, it it came really full circle when when we started playing music together, and and since then we, you know, we did we did uh, a band for uh, twelve years. The beauty that was kind of re- revisiting our our musical relationship mm-hmm. and and kind of as as that pertained to fatherhood and um, yeah. And, and just relationships and, 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 and all that stuff. And so we got to kind of re, re-explore what that meant to be performing in a, in, a, in a completely different new world, very, very far, far away from the other sure, galaxy yeah. that we had been accustomed to. And what, what are you guys up to now? That was, that was like the beauty was like such an important thing for me. Like I, uh, it transformed me. Wow. Just you know, like just going from uh, just being a bass player to like, no, I can sing and I can uh, write music. Yeah, it was transformative for sure. That's excellent. Well, Matt does. Matt Matt plays in two bands. He plays in Kids. Uh, unbelievable! Like, like I would say, like jangly. Two two guitar, do you play? Do you play guitar the whole time, or I, I can't? Do you pick up the bass every once in a while too? Uh, I have a bass six, which is like a uh, yes. hybrid instrument. So so Matt yeah, Matt plays. T- t- there's there's two guitarists, uh, 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 Chris Doty, and I don't remember the name of your drummer. Um, uh, Steve Gear. Yeah who used to play uh, with uh, Built to Spill, and the three of them have this amazing three-piece, and then he's in this other three-piece uh, named Bombay Beach, and they do this just like, if you could put a microphone next to an airplane taking off, yeah, 
and then somebody is singing like like soul vocals over top of that that's what bombay beach is like nice nice um, yeah that's good <laughs> adequate description um, good and 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 uh and and i'm doing music still uh weekly uh i i uh do music for uh metropolitan community church uh i do a mix of hymns and uh original songs that my wife and i wrote together uh while we were part of this community called the bridge and um and then we actually are doing a thing for pentecost on may 31st uh as an extension of the series we were doing an informal hymn sing called uh, beer and hymns okay it, we're calling it we're calling it pandemic Pentecost. I like it. And uh, so all it is, so all it is, it's just, it's just uh, us irreverently going through the hymns that we've sung, you know, since growing up and stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and in doing so very similarly to twin sister, you know, you know, kind of taking a look kind of like a side eye at some of the, some of the problematic, uh, you know, theologies that kind of fueled some of those, those old songs and then, sure. but in just, just throwing ourselves into it, you know, performance wise. So everybody on earth is invited to that concert, uh, on, uh, at seven o'clock on the, uh, on, uh, beloved PDX's, uh, uh, Facebook, uh, profile. So All right. we'll, yeah. we'll make sure, we'll make yeah. sure there's a link to that as well, for sure. Yeah. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm up to. And, and, uh, and I'm, and I'm trying to get my music ed degree. Um, I'm, uh, I'm uh, three out of seven terms into my master's program. So you, you cross your fingers amazing. for me. Absolutely. What's amazing to me is like, you're having to go through all of those classes to like prove your uh, music ability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's kind of silly. You know, I, I, it does, it does feel a little bit, uh, yeah, like I'm belittling, belittling myself, but you know, whatever they need, whatever they need from me, it's fine. It's actually, uh, it's been a good experience. It's been humbling. Dude, I don't know. Like, if we're just talking about Twin Sister, like the encapsulate, like it was, yeah, crazy Absolutely. fucking thing. Like one band, like, like seriously, like I have not had to talk about any of the other bands that have been in as much as this band. And it was really like, just. <laughs> and you enjoy it. I mean, I've been in a it's, bunch of bands. Like, I'm yeah, right. Right. A bunch of music. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Most, it's I think it's, I think it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it sticks in the imagination of people and they can't, they can't shake it. It's, it's the longest running joke ever. <laughs> but it well, speaks but it spoke to a generation there's the, there's the episode title right there can we just hear that it's the spoke to a generation joke ever yeah that's it you got it very good guys hey has everything proceeded as you've foreseen tonight i feel like we've we talked about everything that we've kind of probably should talk about <laughs> it's it's been great like i haven't talked to todd in so long yeah that's yeah. awesome see that that's what that's what our show's about bringing people back together yeah, bringing you, bands man. back together and open up that communication i miss you too I, I look forward to being able to hug you with my actual arms congratulations on your daughter graduating and yeah no kidding your son too man our kids yeah our kids grew up fast that was that was a that was too quick yeah what the fuck happened <laughs> 
Yeah. It moves so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. happened before our kids. Yep. Like, I would say, like, Twin Sister happened before and, like, and then ended, and then we had kids. Like, and then yep. we, and then, uh, Todd, you had Zion. And then two years later, I had Enzo, and you had Brennan, like, right around the same time. Yep. And then we started the beauty. Mm-hmm. And that was like, the, the beauty was like, a, a really far um, uh, progression for me, like, when it comes to like, writing music and shit. Here, here's the question I'll end on. Have you been able to communicate to your kids what uh, what the twin sister experience was like? <laughs> Do they understand that you were rock stars? My kid that are rock stars. My kid doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I would I would I would highly disagree with that. Uh, maybe he doesn't tell you, but like I watched his eyes when he was watching you play uh, the last show that I saw you and Matt uh, with Bombay Beach, and I, he I saw a proud son. And I got to see that show with my daughter, Brennan, and we were, we all walked away just like we were just electrified. Um, and, uh, I, you know, my son is doing music right now in, in, uh, uh, LA and, um, I definitely, he's, he's actually using like some of Matt and mine's music for his songs. So he's, he sees, you know, the direct correlation between like the 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 pedigree that he's he's come from but also you know just that that sense of this this is something that is 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 powerful that that i can that i can hold on to in my own life and so that's so yeah i mean i think that maybe if he was going into some other field or something it'd probably be harder for him to see the value of it but but the two of them you know they they really wish that uh that I was still putting shows on and stuff. And they were kind of sad that, that it, that, that all went away, you know, because, you know, in their teens, that's when they want to say, Hey, my dad's got a all ages club or something, you know, and um, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't, they didn't exactly. get to have that experience, but you know. Yeah. Dude, the show, the shows that you put on were legendary. Like those Mount Mouth shows. Fucking A. Yeah. yeah. Thanks dude. Like, awesome. Like, awesome. Like, tell, well, it, Tell them what shows you put on. Uh, it's that that maybe is probably for another podcast, Matt. I, I I'd love to I'd love to talk about all that stuff. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm Ryan's, do it. Ryan's well, down for down to clown anytime. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's, he's Wait, held well, up in Canada. What else is he going to do? I'm just saying that. <laughs> what, what else is going off on in Canada? And come and help on. us, and come and do this. I'm just saying. I can't even go to De- I can't even go to Detroit if I want to right now. My life is uh, wow. pretty quiet. Put this on record: like Tom Fatal is one hundred percent like influential figure in Portland music. Like he's absolutely, he's, absolutely. I am I'm honored. I'm honored to have had you both on oh, tonight yeah. and to share your story and for being part of my being people in my neighborhood. So thank Thanks, you very Ryan. much. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah.
R2-D2, C-3PO, and other Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Typical, Typical barrister. barrister.